It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. It's Friday afternoon, friends. Welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. The Masters is in less than three weeks. The PGA and LPGA Tour continue to provide amazing drama week after week. It's for that reason we called in a special scribe for his perspective from the ESPN mothership. He's a Sports Center producer, podcaster, and perfect for us. We'll talk Honda, the weekly update, and a whole lot more. Here we go, folks. Anthony, get us started. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. What a Friday afternoon. The sun is out. The temperature could be a little higher like last week there, Mr. Wade Weezer, but uh, you know what? We'll take what we can get. It last, is, last day of winter. It is. You're right. It's it. It is. You know what? It, it's amazing to me how you keep this whole planet in such a, such a wonderful perspective. Someone has to. Tomorrow is definitely the first day of spring. And if you want to do something fun, you can stand an egg on its end. True thing. Stand an egg on its end. Uh, maybe I remember that from like elementary school what happens well you know at the um spring equinox you can and the fall one on the two right. equinoxes you can take an egg out of the fridge and uh if you take a couple seconds or whatever you can stand it on its egg and it'll sit there for the day is that just to get idiots uh give them something to do no you know um, i'm an idiot that's done it and uh you know i, I believe my mom taught me how to do that but just, you can't do it the day before you, you have to do it on that day seriously you, okay. i mean it has all to do with the gra- gravitational pull and um mm-hmm. all right fair, fair enough fair <laughs> enough um you know i led to this in the in the intro but we have a very very cool guest today um his name is garrett johnston and garrett does all sorts of cool things he's a uh, camera and producer guy for the scott van pelt show on sports center uh, each and every night he has his own podcast he does all sorts of work uh, in, he's a writer, a journalist, and he has a really cool story. And with all that's going on in the world of golf, I'm excited to bring him on. He's on Twitter. He's always telling, you know, really refreshing points of view on, on a lot of the things that we like to talk about here on the pro show. So it, it's a perfect matchup um, to bring him in. And speaking of perfect, our man, Matt Jones, if we venture down to the PGA Tour and the Honda Classic down there in the West Palm Beach area there at PGA National and the Champion Course, Matt Jones fired a little nine under par 61 yesterday on one of the hardest golf courses there is to play on the PGA Tour. So congratulations to him. And, and I always have a soft spot in my heart for Matt Jones because his brother, Brett Jones, worked here in New Jersey forever. A great, great player. The two of them um, actually both from Australia. And Brett has since moved back there. But Brett, Brett has been up here and I competed against him for years and uh you know i'm sure he he has a couple of um i don't know cars of mine that i bought for him but that's besides the point you know he's a very very good player and obviously his brother is too um you know a good uh a good daily fantasy pick if you're ever looking for one you know kind of uh toward the bottom of the board great great value pick and uh a very good wind player gambling problem call 1-800 gambler yes <laughs> you know we're going down a road with that that's a great transition hold on to that for a second but um you know aaron wise little 64 russell henley uh 
player who's won there before, 64 tied for second. Now, I love this story. Steve Stricker, a little 66 on a tough golf course. Steve Stricker in his 50s, Ryder Cup captain, got a lot on his mind, and he's out there shooting four under against these kids. I love it. Uh, Lee Westwood, the story of the last month in golf. He shot a little even par. Phil won over. Ricky Fowler, even with Westwood there. And uh, the, the tour carries on. Now, there's a little bit of a lull this week. Um, not the greatest field that we've seen after we come off the high of the Players' Championship. But for the most part, you got to respect the fact that we're in the middle of the Florida swing here and golf is in a very good place. Now, uh, a couple cool stories that I'd like to talk about in the golf world. Uh, this past week, not only was it St. Patrick's Day, my friend, mm-hmm. but uh, we passed the 20 year anniversary of Annika firing 59. And there were a bunch of cool stories about that in you know, the different forms of uh, online media and such. And uh, a couple of the funny things that I that I wanted to bring up that uh, came up as Annika, you know, the only woman that's fired a 59 on the LPGA Tour. Unbelievable score. But she was late that day. She was in traffic. She didn't have a really good warm up. Not, not a strong warm up that day. Um, and she starts on the back nine with eight straight birdies. And her caddy, Terry McNamara, says, like, have you? Have you ever done this before? And she's like, I don't know, but like we should have like make a par here because the, the, there's a lot of pressure going on. So she makes a par. She makes the turn. She comes around and she actually parred the last hole to shoot 59. Like she had a chance. She had a putt for 58. Right. Uh, Annika, just unbelievable. Um, and speaking of unbelievable and something that we're very happy about, Tiger Woods returned home this week. So not only was he back in Florida in the hospital, but now he's officially back at his house. We can continue the rehab process and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get Tiger. I I think what a great goal would be to see him in some manner or shape um, walking into the champions dinner Tuesday night of Masters week. So let's all hope and pray for him that he continues to get better and he can make it to the Masters this year um, and be a part of that whole celebration. And a couple weeks ago, you remember Beth Ann Nichols, Wade? Sure. Right. Okay. She threw out just this great article this week talking about the LPGA and what they need to do in order to kind of, you know, take it to the next level. And not only in their coverage, but everything and everything that they do in scoring and and all of these great aspects of, you know, the storylines that they are creating at the LPGA. She feels like they could get even better. And if you remember her, you know, I mean, a lot of energy, but like a supreme amount of knowledge about that tour beat beat writer there for like 15 years. So she wrote this fantastic article and, and you I mean, she writes for Golf Week, so just Google Golf Week. LPGA, Bethany Nichols. It, it's a it's a feature article. It's not a beat article. So she talks about how they need to change the length and the conditions with which they're playing on the P, the LPGA tour so that the ladies can score better. And she gives all these great comparisons to how the men can reach par fives and two and the ladies can't. And then they're making the courses too tough and they want the scores to be lower. And and that's, you know, it's not going to dilute the game or anything. It's actually going to make it that much more exciting. So, I, you know, I, I wanted to bring that up. She, you know, she's now a friend of the show. And I sent her a note this week and she's like, oh, my good goodness, like the outpouring of support for this is more than I could have ever imagined. Wow. And, you know, I thought that that was really cool. really cool because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, one of the things that made Sunday or this past weekend so exciting at the players is that it's not the longest golf course. So there was a lot of theater and a lot of players in the mix. And if somebody played great and struck the ball as well as Justin Thomas, well, they were going to win the tournament. And it didn't it wasn't like, oh, well, geez, only the longest hitters can win this golf course. And I, and I think that when you look at the ladies tour, she just has such a unique perspective there from all of those years and she's watching it week in and week out. I just thought it was a great read and it's just something very cool. Check that out. Yeah, it's cool. Now, speaking of cool, we've had a, we've had a cool 
couple weeks behind the scenes. And uh, it goes back to your little uh, 1-800-GAMBLER comment from earlier before. But um, that one's still like that one's still in the hopper for maybe another week or so. But we, we could be doing a little bit of golf and gambling talk okay. here sponsored by some of our friends um, within the next couple of weeks leading up to the Masters, which I'm very excited about. But some other things have come to fruition. And uh, you know what? Anytime I get to use the word fruition, I, I love it. You it's, know what? It's a go to. Yeah, it's it's like it, it makes you sound smart. Yeah. It, to me, it seems like it's like a synonym. It's like a long lost synonym for success. You know, when something comes to fruition, You've been planning this for decades. Yeah. Well, not really decades. Yes. But, decades. You know, it seems like decades. With, but that was just 2020 that, that you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But um, so. A couple of things, you know, those that love the pro show and the content that comes up here, of course, I write the show and and all the different things. And and I love the feedback I get from everybody. But people have been paying attention of all things. Imagine imagine that in 2021. More so than just our lovely listeners. Right. People outside, you know, in the uh, golf sports media world uh, have reached out to the pro show in the last month or so. And they are interested in my take on a couple of different things. So. One of the places you're going to find my opinion and and a little bit of my writing skill is with the PGA of America at PGA.com. Really? Their website. Um, we are now uh, we are now a writer for them. Um, we meaning me. I'm sorry. I don't want to include you in that. Yes. Yes. That's fan. That's awesome. It's yeah. great. Yeah. So um, that started last week. So if you just. Just look there about every three days or so. You're going to see something penned by me, um, some sort of perspective, uh, me as a PGA professional and an industry expert talking about the themes that are going on surrounding the tour and uh, just giving, you know, my viewpoint and uh, having some fun with it, of course. Congratulations. That's awesome. So it's cool. Yeah. And um, we're going to be doing that at at least up until the PGA championship. And then uh, you never know, you know, so, you know, it's um, it's it's an exciting time. Speaking of which, too, we have we have some new friends and you'll hear them in one of the breaks with one of their commercials. But there is a new golf media platform out there called Stick and Hack. And these guys, are, these guys are some fun guys. And they reached out to me because they like the pro show and they love the music and the fanfare and, and the different things that we do here, you and I. And th- this golf media platform, again, if you Google them, stickandhack.com, uh, you will find that we're going to do a little writing for them. But then there's also a thing that on Mondays at lunchtime that they do a thing called um, or a spot now or a segment that is centered around me, which is Stick and Hack Reacts. So one of their hosts, one of their podcast hosts asked me for a, my reaction to a couple of the the themes of the weekend in golf. It doesn't necessarily have to be the PGA or the LPGA tour. It could be just something that's going on, it, you know, and, you know, I come back with, you know, whether I like it, whether I don't like it, whether it's meh, you know, and it's just a little 10 minute nugget there at lunchtime. And, it, you know, it's a cool website. When you go to the website, it's going to say, hey, become a member. It's free, but they have some really free for life. I'm looking at it right now. Free for life. <laughs> I mean, that's if it's free, it's for me. I know that's like that's your mantra. So uh, it, it's uh, it's a cool thing. But the pro show continues to grow. And, uh, you know, as you as I alluded to just a second ago, um, we're just maybe a week away for some really, really fun um, talking about a little bit more about golf and gambling and, and some other um entities. So uh, the pro show is well on its way to going next level, my friend, Mr. Wade Weezer. So exciting. We, we have to be on our game this week. And you know who helps keep us on our game? That's our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. You know, the New Jersey Golf Foundation will host its 15th annual golf classic at Baltusrol Golf Club on Monday, August 9th. The signature charitable event 
on the Foundation's calendar is your opportunity to tee it up on the newly renovated lower golf course or upper golf course at the famed championship venue. Spots are filling up, so sign up today. To register for the 2021 Golf Classic or for more information, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call us at 732-465-1212. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Now, I'm just going to comment on that. It's not a bunch of malarkey that that thing fills up. It does fill up. Okay. Because people can't get on Baltusrol, and this is a way to get on. So, folks, if you're listening and you want to play Baltusrol Golf Club, now they have two golf courses there. The lower is the championship one where they've had, you know, the U.S. Opens and the Jack Nicklauses of the world and the PGA Championships won by Phil. That was renovated last year. It was closed all year. It doesn't open till May this year. This is a chance to get on the newly renovated lower or the upper. The sooner you sign up, the better your chance it is to get on the lower because it's first come, first serve. So 732-465-1212 or, you know, New Jersey Golf Foundation, Google them. You got to get on. If you want to get on Baltusrol, and trust me, folks, this thing, this thing will fill up right right after we have like a huge masters. This thing will fill up and, and that's a big deal. So get on there and um, and I'll get on with it because, you know, I know Garrett's going to be waiting on the line soon here. So, folks, it is approximately 314 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with Mr. Garrett Johnston from ESPN. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm gonna... Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects sticks and hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even around the golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Last night put the heavy on me Woke up and I'm feeling lonely This world got a way of showing me This afternoon's guest has a very cool perspective when it comes to covering the game of golf. A jack of all trades, he's a writer, a podcast host, a producer, and a storytelling specialist. His name is Garrett Johnston, and today we are going to have him turn the lens toward himself and get his story. Go, Wade. I like that vibe this afternoon there, Mr. Wade Weezer on the board for our guest, Mr. Garrett Johnston. I know you have him on the phone, so let's get right into it with him. We just came off of a huge tournament. Garrett, I know you're there. What was your lasting impression of the 2021 Players' Championship? Talk to me. Yeah, Keith, great to, great to come on. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I think always Justin Thomas, whenever he wins, especially a huge event like that, like the Players' It's it's awesome for the game. It's awesome for American golf because obviously there's always a decades long battle with the uh, European Ryder Cup team. Who's going to have superiority? And clearly, when when JT gets a big win like that at the Players, 
we know, I, I tweeted this out, he's only played in one Ryder Cup team. It's unbelievable. 2018 is the only Ryder Cup team he's played in. But based on the emotions he showed in 2019 playing in the President's Cup for, for Tiger Woods and making that big putt and saying, I, I want me some me, I love me some me, he clearly is becoming the emotional leader of, of this U.S. team in a time where they desperately need it. He's got the emotion. He's got the, the swagger. I mean, so anyway, yes, it was an individual win for Justin Thomas, but I cannot help but look forward to the team events and the crucial event where he's most needed, which is going to be the Ryder Cup here this fall. He automatically becomes a favorite for a lot of these majors that we're heading into in just a couple of weeks. We got one of them down there at Augusta National Golf Club. Do you think that some of his start to the season, I want to dig into JT here just for a little bit because he's a very unique story as we begin the year. Um, he had the moment out in Hawaii that he obviously he has apologized for profusely, but then he had the tragedy in his family. He's had a really roller coaster year and now he hits this peak. Um, can he ride that all the way into Augusta or a U.S. Open win? Would you pick him? I mean, you're you're a golf expert, right? You follow the tour. Would you pick him to win a major this year? Uh, it's so hard to predict specifically. For whatever reason, um, I did talk to his dad, Mike Thomas. He's a great PGA professional uh, in Kentucky about Augusta. And, and I've always been a little skeptical about Augusta for some reason with JT, just because he started off in his career. I played 2016 for the first time, and it just took him a little while, a couple of years to really start scoring well there. He's improved every year going into Augusta, like with each performance. Um, but being in the hunt, for whatever reason, I just haven't seen him, uh, I think 2018, remember when Patrick Reed won, JT was in the mix there on Sunday. But it's, um, I don't know that Augusta is the best fit in terms of a major championship for his game. Uh, a long course like like Tory, I like that one. Um, not that Augusta isn't long, but just a U.S. Open, a tough test. I, I like him in, in a place like the U.S. Open. The Open Championship is a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, there was that one year in 2017 when he was, oh, I think, one off the lead after the first round, and then he got the bad draw in the second round. And there he, I think he shot 79 or 80 in the second round and missed the cut. Like, that's how, how um, just – what do you call that? It's, it's just how, how finicky the, the Open Championship can be with this, if you're on the wrong side of the draw. So he's kind of had the bad side of the draw a couple times in the Open. So um, I would say that the PGA and, and the U.S. Open would be kind of his right up his wheelhouse. He's got that PGA, of course, in 2017. I think that's more where I would look to see him uh, get a major for sure. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt his game is impressive. But the Players' Championship was impressive itself. When you think about this past weekend, besides JT, what's something that sticks out in your mind of, you know, why do you like the Players' Championship? Well, the finish, man. I, I, we talk about Phoenix. Phoenix is, is not my favorite golf course, but the finish is exciting because you've got drivable par four and you've got, you know, the 18th hole, the water and, and all that. When you look at, at um, Sawgrass, it's the same way. It's really a course designed for TV, right? And if you're there in person, Absolutely. everyone they have a changeover in 07, uh, or excuse me, 06, going into 07 being the first time where it was like the stadium course, they designed it that way. Um, just with the hills there on 17 and just visibility being great for fans. Um, it's just such an exciting finish. I love it. I, you know, I actually talked to John Wood, a caddy turned uh, NBC announcer. Uh, he's from my hometown from Sacramento, California. And he told me Monday of the players over the phone, he said that that finishing 18th hole is probably one of the hardest tee shots in golf. 
and we saw JT hanging out for dear life after hitting his drive right at that left edge. And uh, just to see that a caddy who's been out there for 23 years to, to call that one of the toughest shots. And that's coming off of 17 Island green, where it, there's so much nerves for these players. I think it's just such an exciting way to, to crown a champion at, at a place like the players. That's a great point. And one of the things I always bring up is that, when those guys come down the stretch, they have to be scoreboard watching to kind of know where they are and know what they need to do. And the players is, the, is like so unique because having computed in tournaments myself and trying to know where you stand when you're playing the last two or three holes, one of the views they showed on Sunday was when you know JT's over on 17 and Westwood is over on 16 green and they could see right across at one another. So it's not just enough that they could see their scores on the scoreboard, but they could physically see one another, the two combatants in the arena. And I think that that's really why I love 16, 17 and 18 so much there at Sawgrass. I, I, I just think that that makes it such a unique atmosphere and, and for all the other reasons that you brought up as well. Now, there's no doubt we have had an abundance of riches on tour since the calendar year flipped over. Um, you cover golf week in and week out. What's your favorite storyline so far? Hmm, for 2021? Yeah, for 2021. Hmm, let me see. Max Homa at home. You've got Morikawa's win. The whole Reed controversy. I mean, you know, this Westwood story for the last two weeks. You got, you got Bryson making news pretty much every week. I mean, I, I could keep going down the list here, but... I love the way you tell your stories, whether it's on, you know, through Beyond the Clubhouse, your podcast or, you know, on Twitter, the things that you point out all the time. Right. What catches your eye so far this year? What really resonates with Garrett Johnston? You know what? I, I love the Jordan Spieth story because there's there are so many fans that just live and die with the way he plays. And of course, seeing him back in the mix, he hasn't won since the Open Championship in 2017, but just the flashes of brilliance along the West Coast swing. Uh, we're so exciting, and, and here we go back to Augusta. Remember what he did at Augusta in 2018 when he was playing horribly going in and almost shoots the course record on Sunday and almost wins, which is just crazy. So anyway, that is so, that's so exciting to see what speed, the potential that could come out of that. But you know what? Colin Morikawa is such a good story. I, just to, to, to give your listeners an idea of how humble he is, right? He's humble, but yet he's confident. When I talked to him at Bay Hill for the first time, and, and I went up to him after his round on Sunday, and I said, Colin, um, you're clearly one of the ball, best ball strikers alive. And he says, I, I, I am? Really? Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> just like, oh, sh- oh shucks, like, kind of like Wally Cleaver. It's just this, this whole attitude, this, this humble attitude. He, a- anyway, I was struck by, by his humility. I talked to his college coach yesterday, um, Walter Chun from Cal, and, and Walter said one of his greatest strengths is just the way he's able to learn from everything. Um, and there was a time where he was hoping to get a huge collegiate award. I think it was the Fred Haskins Award, and he didn't get it. I think it was Doug Gim who got it. This was two, three years ago. And when, when his college coach, Walter Chun, went up to him and said, hey, how, how are you feeling? How are you processing not winning? And he said, you know what? It just makes me that much hungrier for next year. Like, I, I really want to go after it and get this award next year. And you know, you know what I mean? So it's like his ability to bounce back from disappointment is huge. And we see that at the PGA Tour level. Remember, the restart was at Colonial. And he had that three-footer. Can any of us empathize with missing a huge three-footer in our life? And there, there was Warakawa missing that to extend the playoff with Berger. 
But only, what, three weeks later, there he is against JT. If you want to talk about in a, in a huge environment, we talk about the stadium course, there he was at Jack's place on the 18th pole after JT made a 40-footer uh, there in the playoff. Uh, Morikawa forced it and kept it going with a 25-foot must-make. 25 must that was the putt so of the year. Today, you know, Just crazy what he's been able to do. So I love his ability to bounce back. But here's the other thing. I talk about beyond the clubhouse. I love the friendships of golf. Kind of, um, you know, that's to me the most rewarding thing. Look what Morikawa has done with his friendships. He has befriended Paul Asinger to help with his wedge game, and he has befriended Mark O'Mara to help with his this uh, pencil grip of putting. I just love the way that he's been so resourceful, and on top of his great coach Rick Sessinghouse helping him with his swing, he has just now put together an amazing team. Uh, of people that are that are able to help him, and uh, and that goes back to his humility. He doesn't think that he has enough on his own. He's asking questions, and I love it. You know what? He, we're a huge fan of him here. PGA professional Rick Sessinghouse has been on the show. He was on after Colin won the PGA Championship. Uh, I get it, man. I mean, just just the presence that he showed after he won at the WGC, and he turned to the camera and he thanked Tiger. And uh, you know, I asked Rick that week, and I said, "Hey, I said." Man, to have the presence to know to do that and to look at the camera, he said, hey, man, that's Colin. And, and you're saying the same thing. And folks, you know who we're talking to? We're talking to Garrett Johnston. And Garrett is a podcast host. He's also a writer. And he covers golf week in and week out. You got to Google him, look him up. Um, his Beyond the Clubhouse podcast is a great listen if you get the time. Now, all of these golf stories, right, that you share with people week in and week out, my audience needs to get to know you a little bit and appreciate you at the level that I do. Right. So wh where did this all get started? Let's do the whole Instagram thing. Like, you know, where'd you get started and, and where are you now? Give us the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, started out in Sacramento, California, and I started kind of in the uh, audio video world just, uh, doing fan, fan camera at Sacramento Kings games, you know, where you go around and, and film the fans or, or shoot uh, the game under the basket with, with a handheld camera. Uh, video camera. So yeah, I started with that, got into video editing, and then um, the U.S. Open came to Pebble Beach in 2010, and I was like, dude, I gotta find a way to get there. So I was lucky to get hired by Turner Sports to do some, film some uh, video content there, and yeah, well, I was at Pebble, and I realized, you know, I have to find a way to do this every week. It's crazy when you're on the 18th hole, you're on that that, that famous golf course. I just was kind of hit by the reality of like, you have to find a way to do this, and so. Um, from there on out, I, I started covering other events, and I became a freelancer, really. I, now, what, what I noticed with the tour is that you, you have to kind of become a writer because they have video, they own the video rights to, to a lot of the video content. So, so I had to kind of reinvent myself. I became a writer. Uh, I was at 2011 at Tiger Woods' event at Sherwood, the old World Challenge, the Chevron World Challenge at the time, where I basically interviewed a few players, Bill Haas, Nick Watney, and some of the guys in that field, and I just took that content and I just started writing and sending it to their hometown papers. In, in Bill Haas's case, it was the Greenville News in South Carolina. Or Nick Wagner was the Davis Enterprise, Davis, California. And, you know, it, it was just a matter of being creative and, and reinventing myself. And uh, you listen, there's not a ton of money in golf journalism. You're not in it for the money. But there have been so many people that have helped me get to know these players. Because here's the thing. You approach Bill Haas at the World Challenge, and it's, it, you can talk to him, right? It's, it's harder to get with maybe Ricky Fowler or some of the superstars, right? But if you approach these guys at these events um, and write for their hometown papers, 
they're interested. They're like, oh, cool, this is going to, you know, my parents are going to read this or, or my friends are going to read this back home. Okay, so it's a very disarming approach, Keith. Um, and then on top of that, my mentor, Scott Howard Cooper, who wrote for many years for NBA.com, and, of course, he, the L.A. Times, he covered the Showtime Lakers back in the day. Uh, Scott Howard Cooper always said, grow with the rookies. That's been my mantra. If, if that makes sense, uh, Keith, like there are so many rookie stories out there and from the last 10 years. That's how I built my rapport with, with these young rookies, and that's been my niche, uh, writing for their hometown papers and their uh, state golf associations. I mean, truly, that is gold. You know, you asked if I like that. I mean, I love it. I love every aspect of it. I mean, the essence of what you're trying to do is so savvy in in order to create a career for yourself and a little bit of a niche. And I, I know that people listen to this and they download the podcast all the time afterwards. And go back, folks, and listen to that answer again, because if this is something that you truly want to do, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in golf, it could be with the NBA or the NFL or it could be MLS. But listen to the way that Garrett explored making himself his own career there. I mean, that was a really savvy play. And and there's no doubt to me why you come across the way that you do it in in all of the things that you produce, because you have a keen eye and and you're seeing the world um, big picture in in like like a nice macro view. You started with the Kings. That's the NBA. Now you're in golf. What led you to golf? Do you love golf? You've always been a golfer. You, You know, what's the attraction to telling golf stories? Hmm. Um, I think with golf is that the access is a lot easier versus the NBA or the NFL, right? When you think about, like, if you want to talk to a quarterback, they have availability, was it like Wednesday or Thursday in their locker room for, like, what, 15 minutes? And it's like a, it's like a scrum, right, <laughs> with the local media, if you're covering Tampa or who, whoever it is, right? Whereas with golf, at least before COVID, right, there would be 150 players, you know, I've talked to Jim Nance about this. He's, a, he's also a mentor of mine. And, and when, when we're at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, there's 150 pros and 150 celebrities. Like it, It's like the old uh, books, Choose Your Own Adventure, right? So how many different directions do you want to go? You could follow, you could go to Spyglass and follow Jim Furyk's group, Tony Romo, or you could stay at Pebble Beach and follow, like, you know, the prime groups of Bill Murray, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, all those guys, right? So anyway... I've just found a niche with, with with covering golf, whereas you find the individuals. And to me, I, I'm just drawn by this, the accessibility. Usually it's it's on a course, 18 holes. You get there on, on Monday or Tuesday, and it's so laid back, right? It's not that hyper small amount of time where you only have 15 minutes with the quarterback, the star NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? Like if you if you approach the lesser known, the underdogs, that's what it is. It's the underdogs. That's what's drawn me to golf. Because then you approach the underdogs, they appreciated it. The way that I approached Lonzo Griffin at his first Masters this past year in November. I went up to him, introduced myself, and he says, wow, I love what you're doing, Garrett. Like, what do you want to talk about? Said, yeah, it's my first Masters. I'm pumped. He appreciated the press. It, it, it's a real, and it becomes a tangible friendship that you make with these players. Does I rem- that make sense? Like, yeah, I remember one of the stories that kind of, you know, brought me to you was you covering Patrick Reed before Patrick Reed was a big deal, right? When he came out of Georgia yeah. and he, or uh, Augusta state and he, you know, he you know, won these national championships. He's out on tour and you were able to get the, the type of coverage of him and the humane side of the human side of him. It was just really cool. So I, I think that that, you know, again, that's great advice for people that want to get themselves into the sports media world is that it doesn't hurt to tell stories about everybody. 
And, you know, golf has a million of them. I, I love the analogy that you gave about Pebble Beach. There's 150 players and there's 150 amateurs. I mean, the, that's 300 stories that you can tell. And certainly the, you know, PGA Tour.com is only going to tell the ones about the leaders. So if, if somebody goes out there and, and does those things, I, and I just think you've done a tremendous job with that. Um, if you've got a couple minutes, I got to have you hang on just here for a second because we got to jump to a break real quick and make those sponsors um, happy. So could you hold tight for a second? Yeah, you got it. Looking forward to it. All right, Garrett. Appreciate that. Folks, up next more with Mr. Johnston, host of the Beyond the Clubhouse. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. John Johnson. Any quarterback that play underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time to go to work, Brett. And Zubin Mahente. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Weekday morning, starting at 6 on the new 920 ESPN. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. This is Keith Stewart, your host of The Pro Show. Welcome back to our conversation with Garrett Johnston. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. All right, before we rejoin Garrett, how about a little Bono and the boys? Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone, this week. Nice choice here, Wade. Let's roll. Irish band treat there for this week. Love it there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Appreciate it. In God's country. Well, today we're in Garrett's country, and we are better for it. So, Garrett, welcome back to the show. You know what? You've given out some great career advice here, and and there, I want to dig in more there if we can, right? So let's have some fun here. I, I love doing this with people, and you know, you hear it a lot through podcasts and other different different sources of media and interviews and such, but. Let's go back and talk to your younger self. You've been doing this for over a decade, you know, covering stories and, and putting together production surrounding the game of golf. Right. So what advice would you give to your younger self based upon what you know now back 10 years ago? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you, you know, it's a challenge. I think I would have said, try to find a staff, try to get on the staff as soon as possible. Right. Because that builds a lot of credibility. Um, I mean, say, take say, take somebody like Daniel Rappaport, right? Like he's a staff writer for Golf Digest, right? And he's breaking the stuff with Tiger. Tiger Woods is back home in L.A. Huge deal, and everyone else follows and, and picks up his story, right? And it's all over ESPN. But first reported by staff writer Daniel Rappaport. And that's a big deal when you have an entire Twitter handle of Golf Digest, an entire social following Golf Digest behind you, behind the staff writer. Whereas for me is, is I kind of worked hard and maybe not smart enough to where it's like, okay, yes, you're writing for the hometown paper of Tony Finau, of Justin Thomas, but there's only so much reach that their Twitter handles can give. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> um, It's all about so scale. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so in the end, you're going to see a lot of content out there from Garrett Johnson, you know, at an open championship, 
for t- writing for 10 different papers and getting social you know, tweets from 10 different papers, but and that's great. But it doesn't have the backing of Golf Digest. It doesn't have the reach that Golf Week has and, and that these other entities have. Now, that, I guess that would be my advice. Like, try harder to get on a staff if you can, because then you're going to have uh, that, that, that reinforcements behind you to help uh, get it out there in this digital age. All right, so you know that now. What's next for Garrett Johnston in 2021 and beyond? No, that's a, that's a great point. Um, it, it is a challenge to know what's next because of the you know the the media landscape is change, changing seemingly by the week, right? Um, but yeah, I would say that finding a staff with golf is is still the goal. Um, I, I'm blessed, actually. I still do a lot as I started with with video camera work and video editing for the Kings. I'm actually doing that for for ESPN now as a um, contributor here in D.C. working on the Scott Van Pelt show, which is unbelievable. Uh, Scott Van Pelt's one of the best people in the business, but also in golf. Everybody knows uh, he's such a humble guy and, and very, very winning way about him. So it's great to be around him. But also with I am looking, OK, in the next two, three years, it would be good to kind of bring my storytelling skills, my podcast hosting skills and my and my camera skills, bring that to a golf entity, whether it's Golf Week, Golf Digest. And um, yeah, that would be kind of the next step, I think, in these next couple of years. All right. You mentioned another mentor there. So I'm going to I'm going to go over this list, folks. And if you're wondering who that voice is on the other side of the of the airwaves today, that's Garrett Johnston. And Garrett can be found on Twitter at at Johnston Garrett. He covers all things in golf. He's a podcast host beyond the clubhouse. We love his stuff here on the pro show. Scott Howard Cooper, writer, Jim Nance. We know who Jim Nance is. Scott Van Pelt. These are your mentors, right? These guys have helped shape the content that you create week in and week out, right? When you take a look back, what are you most proud of in the last couple of years that you've been able to accomplish trying to learn from these mentors and now becoming in yourself, in yourself, almost a mentor to others and certainly my listeners today? No, I appreciate that. I, I think what it is, is always hearing things like you got to find the emotion in the story. That's one thing that Scott Howard Cooper always told me. Um, and you know what? A perfect example going into that was Tiger Woods. I can't think of a, a more emotional win in all of sports than Tiger winning at 2019 at the Masters, right? And I was lucky that I had I had asked Joe Lacaba for his number. I don't know, four, five, six years ago, not knowing when it would be when it would be helpful for a story, right? And, and I think that's something I'm trying to teach as well, if I can. You need to network. And, and if you can, get contact information of different sources and, and, and really build those relationships because you never know what that's going to turn into. In this case, right after 2019 Masters, I had Joe's number and I texted him on Monday, Tuesday after the Masters win. And I said, hey, we'd love to chat with you for a few minutes uh, about the emotion, how exciting that was to get the win. And so he did. Finally, on Thursday, I get a text message from Joe LaCava. Thursday after the Masters, he says, Garrett, I can talk today. Is it too late? And I'm like, too late. Are you kidding me? He's like, hey, let's go for it. So anyway, we talked for 20 minutes and we, the advice being find the emotion, right? So I asked him, no one else had asked him this on, you know, four days in after the win, what happened in terms of Tiger? What was the first exchange between you and Tiger after you guys left the course? What did he text you? And Joe said, well, he, he said, uh, first thing he said was, Listen, thanks for sticking with me through through all the thick and thin, through the injuries, and I, I love you like a brother, Joe. 
And listen, Joe LaCava is a good old New York, New Jersey guy. And he said it so quickly and he moved on. And I'm like, wait a minute, that is gold. Yeah. I love yeah. you like a brother. That shows you how relatable Tiger Woods is. Here he was in 2019 after winning the Masters. The superstar that Tiger is, no, he's an equal with his caddy, Joe LaCava. And I think that said so much about finding the emotion um, there in the story. It, so to me, that was very rewarding. All right, I got to dig more into those twenty minutes, though. I mean, that that's just the the tip of the iceberg. There's got to be another story coming out of that. You talked to Joe Lacava four days after Tiger wins the 2019 Masters. Give us another nugget from that. Well, yeah, it was just little things like um, the back nine. Uh, what was it like coming down the stretch? And honestly, before the back nine, I should say, um, I, I said, Joe, like, wasn't it a huge deal that you guys? had the early start and had threesomes because that put you in the final group, right? That, that instead of being in the second to last group and Finau and Molinari uh, being in the last, you guys had the final say because of the early start. And he said, yes, that's something that he and Tiger talked about Saturday night and how huge, how pivotal that was for setting the table for Sunday. So they knew it was a big deal because of the rain that was coming in uh, expected. But the back nine, he said there was a smile on his face on the 13th tee as he looked down the 13th tee box because he knew that the way the course played with those final six holes, that it played right into his guy's hands. So so if there was an image, he painted that image. He said there was a smile on his face, I think, there on, on 13 tee. Um but yeah, I mean, twelve well, was huge too, of course. Well, yeah, I was going to correct you there and say I think I think the last seven holes played into his advantage when four guys hit it in the water. There's no doubt about that. So, folks, as you can tell, we're here with Garrett Johnson today, and he hosts a podcast. It's called Beyond the Clubhouse. For my listeners, how how can they start to listen to more of your stories? Tell us a little bit about your podcast, just just briefly. Um, give us a little background, how you started it, and you know where it stands today like what day of the week does it debut you know how can folks find you sure yeah it's basically wherever you get your podcast uh, so apple Podcasts, google spotify beyond the clubhouse is the name of it and um yeah it started basically one of my first friends in, in golf in terms of um, touring professional was kevin streelman and think about this it's called beyond the clubhouse because i, I love the lasting friendships that all of us make through golf right like you know, whether you're going to a golf tournament and you run into people, uh, you know, or you volunteer in a tournament and you become friends with fellow volunteers, uh, or you're just at, at your local club, like we all make these unique friendships with doctors, with UPS drivers, whoever it is. It's crazy how that works with golf. Um, but Kevin Streelman was my first guest. And listen, Kevin Streelman is best buddies with Larry Fitzgerald and so many superstars. He lives in Arizona. He's a Chicago guy, and he plays with Chicago Cubs players because of the game of golf. Now, here he is uh, 20, 30 years later after growing up a Cubs fan, and he gets to play with the superstars of the Cubs. Anyway, so it started uh, with the first episode with Streelman. And then from there, I just realized, hey, let me just have all these guys, all these rookies that I've grown with for the last 10, 12 years on tour. Let me have them on. Let me have the caddies on and – coaches and media personalities and so anyway there's just so many different people who have been connected with golf i mean jim nance of course he, we got to ask i got to ask him about his friendship with the nicholas family and, and palmer how, how important arna palmer was to him so it, it's really cool to see how um gosh i mean like wh- wh- whether it's it's lasting relationships with that like that or reacting to something that just happened like jj jackovac who's the caddy of colin morikawa I had him on right after they won the PGA. 
and and there was so much emotion for JJ the caddy because he's from the Bay Area. They won it in San Francisco, and Steph Curry was following them on the back nine. And this is a guy that JJ the caddy had looked up to his whole life. He's a lifelong Warriors fan. He got to spend twenty minutes with Steph Curry celebrating the win afterwards at Harding Park. I mean, what a moment that was. And, and that's just so much about finding the emotion as well. So, yeah, if you love podcasts, and um, it usually comes out earlier in the week. It's usually Monday or Tuesday uh, against Beyond the Clubhouse. Well, you know what? We love it here on the Pro Show, and we could hear the emotion in your voice. I mean, you like to talk about emotional stories and bringing the emotion out. But um, hopefully we're building a lasting friendship with you here today on air. And as part of that, one of the things we love to do here on the show is we do a little rapid fire Q&A to dig in and and learn even more about our guests. So you up for a little fun before we uh, let you go here today? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here we go. Favorite all-time Sacramento Kings player. Without a doubt, Peja Stojakovic. Let a, it rain for downtown. This guy's a three-point shoot specialist. All right. On a scale of one to ten, rate your cooking ability. Oh, boy. Um, I can only cook, uh, I would say seven, because I can only do omelets and um, stuff like that. <laughs> wow, seven's pretty high for an omelet specialist. But we'll give it to you. Would you rather attend a concert or a sporting event once we can? Definitely sporting event. Never know what can happen. Which one? You pick any um, of them. Gosh, Masters. Has to be the Masters. Uh, that's a good one. Less than three weeks, folks. Cue the music. All right. Most used app on your phone? Good question. Probably Twitter, just because of the reach it has. Favorite monument to visit in D.C.? Whew, yeah. Um, definitely the, the Lincoln Memorial walking up the steps there yeah it's, that, that's that's the one if you could win one tournament on the pga tour that's not a major which one would you choose probably the old crosby clam bake the at&t at pebble beach just uh, the history just uh <laughs> the venue all right trip you would like to take with your family hmm I would say you'd probably go go down under, right? Australia, get get uh, get to the old uh, Australian outback for sure. Are you a Bryson guy or a Westwood guy? Hmm. Uh, considering that I I, I covered Bryson uh, when he was a rookie and went out to his home club when he was doing the side saddle putting, I'm kind of a, a Bryson convert. So yes, Bryson. All right. Now you've you've named some great sports media folks today, but which one? is your biggest role model? Wow. Um, I, you know, because I've spent more time with him uh, versus some of the others, I think Scott Van Pelt, just it, humility. That he doesn't think he's better than anybody. It's unbelievable. Well, you know what? I, I'm a huge SVP fan, and I believe he, I truly know a lot of people that know him, and he is definitely one of the hardest working men in sports media and sports business. So for all the success that he's had, God bless him, because he has certainly earned it. And you know what? You've earned a ton of, ton of success yourself there, Mr. Garrett Johnston. I can't thank you enough for being on the pro show today. That was great stuff. Good to, good to visit with you, Keith. Hey, man, we're going to keep following you. So keep bringing out the, those emotional stories because um, they strike a chord and uh, it, it touches me, man. So I, it really was truly a pleasure to have you with us. Appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care, folks. Got to jump for a second. 
It is about 3.50 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the weekly update. Players, we've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision, and we support her decision, more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogumike and Mike Golick Jr. are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. St. Jude exceeds any expectation or any dream I could have ever had about a hospital. First was getting David here to save his life, but then I was told we wouldn't get a bill. I didn't quite process that. How's this possible? It's possible through all the wonderful people who donate. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. If you think about that, I mean, go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30%. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. The research here is research that we share with everyone else because overall, we want to help all children that have cancer. What makes that possible is people that give to St. Jude. They really help us to fulfill our mission, and we're so grateful to have them on our team. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920 on a fantastic Friday afternoon. I've been trying to do it right. I've been living a lonely life. I've been sleeping Don't be lonely. You know you can hear today's show again. You can download us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, and stay connected with us through social media. That's at KJ Stewart DOF. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. Love posting that content. And of course, you can hear us anytime. Don't have to be in the New York City area, but 920ESPMNewJersey.com. Just hit that Listen Now button and stream us anywhere. Let's go. A little sing-along Friday. I belong with you. You belong with me, my sweetheart. I belong with you. You belong with me, my sweetheart. Hey. All right. Hey, I'm getting a hey sign from you to get started. All right. We're, hey. we're rolling here. We're rolling. All right. Well, folks, you know what time of day it is. It is time for the Pro Show Update brought to you by TaylorMade. So TaylorMade, ever hit that one perfect iron shot and think, well, that's one shot that will keep me coming back. Well, why does it have to be just one shot? Why can't it be five or 10 or even 50 shots that keep coming back? That was our inspiration when we designed the all-new Sim 2 Irons. Its unique, cat-back design will give you more forgiveness and more distance. More feel. Feel what it's like to play with better irons with the all-new Sim 2 Irons. Learn more about Sim 2 Irons and to find a fitter near you, head to TaylorMadeGolf.com. You know, I was I was handed this just just seconds ago, and I'm already excited just looking 
at some of these some of these headlines here um, that have been written by our our crack team behind the scenes. I get excited all this talk about shots, and it's Friday, so yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, roll. It's St. Patrick's Day week. <laughs> yep. Let the shots fly. All right. The players is popular. The players championship. Well, the PGA tour continued to shine on the ratings sheet at the players championship last week. They averaged 4.6 million viewers for the final round on Sunday, marking the best PGA tour non-major final round since the 2018 tour championship. If you remember, that was the one with all the people walking down the hill with Tiger Woods and his first comeback win, you know, and for the complete event, the golf channel, NBC, all of our friends there, they averaged over 2. 3 million viewers, which is up 5% from 2019. They didn't have the event in 2020. So huge comeback for the PGA Tour there. Um, you know, as we say in the betters world, for those folks there down in Jacksonville at the PGA Tour, the trend is your friend. Keep it going, folks, uh, at the Honda this weekend. Oh, you're, you're going to love this one. Superstar Hovland misses the cut with penalty. So Victor Hovland, young superstar, kind of like Colin Marcaro, Matt Wolf, all those guys. He took one on the chin on Thursday. So the 23-year-old Norwegian incurred a two-shot penalty after the first round of the Players' Championship. So what happened was, was that after the round was over, Hovland was assessed a two-stroke penalty because he received a phone call from Norway. Okay, he got a phone call from Norway. And, and, and basically what happened was, was that he... He, oh, I heard this. He heard played this. the ball from a wrong place, right? So he marked the ball in the 15th green, moved it one putter head length for another player to putt, and then he moved it again in the same direction rather than moving it back and replacing it. So he gets the call from Norway, right. Norway of all places, on <laughs> the, Thursday night, right? What time is it in Norway, right? So, I mean, it begs the, the question of who's calling him, right? Yeah. So it, they go to the PGA Tour van and they get a clip of the video and they find out, yeah, no, he didn't. And he wasn't really aware of it, so he doesn't get DQ'd, but he gets a two-shot penalty. Of course, course as the story goes Hovland missed the cut by two shots and the whistleblower who called Victor that night to inform him of the mistake was none other than his mother is that great right? unbelievable <laughs> mom mom keep it to yourself all right <laughs> Jordan lets it fly all right here we go Jordan Spieth so you know one of the things that was a big deal about the players we got to give a little background story here was that they were streaming every shot of every player that was the big deal about the coverage, right? So PGA Tour Live, this was their flagship event. They were going to say, we we're going to cover every shot of every player. So, well, you know, one of the friends of the show, Brian Wacker from Golf Digest, he tweeted out that the tour sent them all a message and said to the players, reminder in bold print, every shot will be captured and transmitted live this week through PGA Tour Live. Be mindful of what you say and do on the course. Thank you. Jordan Spieth. The boy next door, right? He's playing the 11th hole on Saturday morning. His playing partner is Colin Morikawa. The 11th is the par five. He gets up, hits his tee shot. It just so happens it deflects off a tree and it almost hits one of the players in front of him in the head. Okay. So the mic, the hot mic catches this and he's like, whoa. And the player and his caddy start waving back like, hey, we're up here. Right. right? Hey, buddy, pay attention. Right. Yeah. And Jordan's like, oh, boy. And he turns to his caddy, Michael Greller, and he goes, who's who's that? Who what? And he looks and they're all looking. They go, oh, that's Rory Sabatini. And Jordan turns to the the, the, the oh, three no. guys, the two caddies and Kyle Morkow. And he's like, could it be anyone worse than Rory <laughs> Sabatini? Right. And, hear about it. And the, and the and it goes on and on. The two of them, the, the content between the two, you know. So the moral of the story is, Jordan, you know, you know. Do not hit it into the biggest jerk on the golf course. And if, and if you do, then make sure that you realize that there are hot mics there. Yes. Unbelievable. All right. So they're playing the name game last week on the European tour at the Cutter Masters. 
So Francis Antoine Rosner sealed the victory of the Cutter Masters with a 60-foot birdie putt to win the European Tour title last Sunday. And, uh, you know, that putt, if he, if he only two-putted and made par, he would have been in a tie with Guido Migliozzi. All right. But Guido ends up tied for second with India's Gaganjeet Bulyar and South Africa's Darren Fikart. Right. So Rosner, Migliozzi, Gaganjeet Bulyar and Fikart were your were your top four players on the European tour. I mean, I, I don't know who writes these updates, honestly, but I I think they're messing with me. Easy I mean, for you to say. Yeah. You know, that was a test right there. Oh. DJ making headlines again. Last week, it was the Champions Dinner at Augusta. This week, he's out of the Olympics. So in the press room, DJ on Saturday confirmed that he's not going to play in the Olympics this summer. So after his third round of the players, he said, you know what? There's just too much going on with the schedule. It's in the it's right in the middle of a big stretch of golf for me. So that's the reason I'm, I'm kind of waffling a bit and, and I'm not going to go be part of Team USA. I'm the, I know I'm the number one player in the world. I'm the best player in the world, but I don't want to represent my country. And uh, if you remember back in uh, 2016, down in uh, when they had to play down in Brazil, he he didn't play. He opted out again because there were concerns over the Zika virus. Okay. So, so he used the virus excuse back then. Now, I, you know, I'm no publicist, but maybe we could have used the virus excuse again. You know, yeah. I mean, rather than basically say you weren't interested, you know, after all the the Zika virus didn't cause a, a global pandemic. It's kind of obvious. You know, just, just throwing that out there there, DJ. You know, if you're if you're looking for a PR agent, I know one. All right. Doug Gim. We heard about him earlier, Doug Gim in the interview with Garrett, but Doug Gim gets it. So Daniel Rappaport from Golf Digest tweets this out after Saturday's press conference. And he gets Doug Gim, who was at the time, you know, in it to win it, um, a rookie out there, but in it to win it at the Players' Championship, a big deal for him. So he has to sit in the press room and he's going to get asked a question. Now, this one, we got to go quick. Obviously, you're in great position going into Sunday when you think, when you see this leaderboard filled with Europeans, filled with Americans who have been Ryder Cup guys, I mean, this would be a new experience for you. But have you thought about the fact that you grew up watching the Ryder Cup, right? So, I mean, do you think that it would be kind of like a preview version of the Ryder Cup when you see who is coming up on that leaderboard? Garcia, Westwood, DeChambeau, JT. I mean, those guys that you expect to see in the Ryder Cup. But would you talk about that element to it? Even though we can't, we probably can't put you there quite yet. But just the idea of being those Ryder Cups and battling with them tomorrow. Gim's response. Yeah, I don't know what you noticed, but I'm like 257th in the world. <laughs> I was impressed. He listened to that. He listened to the whole question. <laughs> he did, right? <laughs> thing was deep. That guy was going. The reporter was going, right? All right. One, one more exciting thing. We have a, a new world team event. Intersport is going to bring us the World Champions Cup, and it's it's coming in November of 2022, and it's going to be a PGA Tour Champions um, new event. And uh, it's going to be here in America. It's going to be a three-day event featuring nine-hole matches with a Team USA, captained by Jim Furyk, Team Europe, captained by Darren Clark, and Team World, captained by um, Ernie Els. And uh, each team will have six players. This looks really, really cool. It's a little over a year out. But Ryder Cup heroes of years past all together to entertain us in nine-hole shootout matches. I'm all in on this one. Sounds like fun. Something to look forward to, of course. And folks, that's your Pro Show update for the week ending March 19th, 2021. Now, I know I got to go quick here because Max Kellerman's waiting and I don't want to keep Max waiting. So uh, thank you very much to our sponsors, TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation. Of course, to you, Mr. Wade Weezer, And most importantly, my listeners. Now, you know the tradition. Before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought. 
about a successful work-life balance. You know, as we get back to normal, we're all going to need this advice. So, it will never matter how successful you are if you can't take a day off. The formula is different for everyone. But if you can't keep up with the simple tasks in your personal day-to-day, it's time to lend some service to your own life. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this, of course, has been The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.